Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. All right, amen. Well, praise God that we're here once again and we're continuing on our study of the Lord's Prayer that is found in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 9 through 13. Uh, I'll read through it again so that we're familiar with it each and every time. Um, Verse 9 says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And for this past couple of weeks, we've been going verse by verse, looking into this scripture. So that way we understand that this prayer is not just something that we say in our church in the church it's just something that we repeat since we were children or something that we say at, at big gatherings or whatever else but it's really give power to to these words because there was a reason why uh jesus selected these words to be the prayer that when disciples uh in luke when the when there's this teaching, that's where it says Jesus, the disciples actually ask, teach us how to pray. And when Jesus thought about what, how can I guide them to the prayer, this is the words that he selected. So that's why we really dove into it, to look into each and every part of this, of this prayer so that it becomes more personal to us and really understand the power behind each and every of these words. So today we're excited that uh, we're diving into verse 12, and we have Eileen that's going to bring, bring the word to us, so we're looking forward to uh, hearing what God put on your heart today. Amen? Okay. When, I, when this was first assigned to me, I thought, oh, this should be easy. <laughs> sure, I could speak 10 minutes on this, not a big deal. And I, that's a really prideful thing to say, and it was a very wrong thing to say because the more I read into it, I thought, wow, you can write books on this. You can go in so many different angles, so many, there are so many different facets, so I'm going to try my best to stay on point. <laughs> and, um, anyway, yeah, so the first again is, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Okay, forgive us our debts. And this actually, this verse actually raised more questions than I thought it would. Um, one of the questions that you know I've heard people say is that if Jesus paid the price of sin um, for the past, the present, and future, then why do I still have to ask the Father to forgive my sins? Okay. Well, fact of the matter is, we still sin. <laughs> sin brings consequences and although yeah the father has forgiven us our sins but there's something about you know when we sin when we commit a transgression um it there's a reaction you know for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction that's a law of physics you know and it and um that's in the natural and there's and it's just as true in the spiritual when you think of the very first act of sin, the very first act of disobedience, what happened? It destroyed the relationship between Adam and Eve. They were blaming each other, you know, and uh, they, you know, um, and it, it's not just, it's not just Adam and Eve. It all, you know, it's a symbol of, it represents also um, 
uh, damage to the relationship between mankind, between spouses, between between brothers and sisters, between brothers and brothers, you know, just between mankind. And then you've also, we also see um, damage in the relationship between Adam and the animals, because now there's fear there. Um, there, you know, and then and then between the animals, that destroyed because animals weren't eating each other; they weren't destroying each other. Um, and I just keep wondering, you know, if if the mad if the maggot had a higher purpose before, you know, <laughs> you know and um, I mean, it, you know, I laugh about that, but you know, it just makes you wonder about some of you know some of you know what what destruction, what harm, what damage is caused by just one act of disobedience just one act and you multiply that by the number of people by the number of animals by the number of things and and it oh and not only that it also hurt the relationship of uh, mankind with all of creation you know because after that adam adam had to labor just to get something just to you know to bear fruit in the in the land he had to work the soil you know by the sweat of his brow and it was just he was just growing you know thorns and thistles and you know they had to work much harder whereas in the garden of eden you know they work was always fruitful work wasn't laborious you know it was it was something that you know you do something and it bears fruit it, you know there was harmony there and and um and also um um, it says in Romans chapter 8 verses 19 to 21 that the created world groans you know, you know because of us you know, and because it's waiting for the sons, you know, sons, of, uh, sons of God to appear and um, you know, they're, they're just waiting to be set free from, from the slavery the corruption of the world um, and um, you know, and they're, they're, you know, and and with us, you know, there are a lot of sins that can result in, for instance, lying can result in a lot of trust issues between people. Cheating on a spouse can result in divorce. You know, there are many different things. Okay, um, and uh, it also creates separation. Okay, and then then it raises another question. Well, who will separate us from the love of Christ? You know, there's that passage in Romans chapter 8. It says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor oh, sorry, wait, <laughs> that more than once, um, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Okay, so... If that's true, then how can sin create separation? Well, we're, we're never separated from the love of God, but we're separated if you leave the Lord. If you if you allow sin, you know, if you if you allow sin to to take over in your life. Um, for instance, a prodigal son is an example. Um, he never lost the love of his father, but he was separated from mm -hmm. his father. So um, that there's a 
passage in Isaiah 59, verses 1 to 2, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. It's not that, it's not that you're, um, again, it's not that you're separated from his love, but you have allowed the sin to separate you from God. Um, it's not, God can hear, God can see, okay? But you have allowed that sin to prevent you from your relationship with the Lord. It's like you're turning to your sin. You, it's like you want, you know, your willfulness, um, your, um, our idolatries, our pride, and everything has blinded us. You know, so it's, keep, it's like we set up a wall when we sin against God willfully. Um, so we're never, we're nev- never separated from its love, but sin does separate, sin does um, create a separation. Okay, and um, then another question. Okay, forgive us our debts. Um, is it debts, trespasses, or sins? Because you'll see in different versions, okay, um, there's, um, there's debts, you know, forgive us our debts, or or in another, in another translation, you'll see, forgive us our trespasses, and in others, maybe sins. I haven't found that one. In Luke. In what? In Luke. Oh, it's but that's in Luke, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about Matthew. But um, William Tyndale was the one who, created, who um, translated um, trespasses. Um, and that was in, what, 1526? And then it was adopted by the 1549 Anglican, um, Anglican Book of Common Prayer. Sorry, my printer was messing up here. <laughs> and it became standard in the English Catholic, um, Anglican, and Method, Methodist uh, translations. And they, they use uh, debts and debtors. Okay, and um, all other versions use the word trespass. I'm sorry, others um, use, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> mixing it up now. Okay, uh, William Tyndale uses trespass, and other versions use debtors, debt and debtors. Okay, now let's consider the word trespass. And trespass means to overstep one's boundaries or to exercise a right that belongs to another party. What about in the church? If a church does not have a license to use to perform certain music online that's trespassing because they're breaking a law okay um and when um pastors when pastors preach um sermons that 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 were from others when they plagiarize their sermons you know there are pastors who do that which is a real shame that's a sin too because you're breaking a law and uh, or you're trespassing over somebody else's property okay um and um okay the lord's prayer appears in only two of the gospels matthew and luke um whereas matthew's version uses the word debts and debt and debtors um luke's version uses um um uses the word words that refer to sin and guilt like transgressions now, I, I just thought it was interesting that Matthew uses the word debts and debtors considering he was a tax collector. 
<laughs> and I thought, that's kind of cute. But he understood. He understood because debts today are treated differently than they were back then. Today, when, if you are a debt, the penalty, what's the penalty for that? Interest charges, finance charges, penalty fees. And if you can't pay it back, you know, you're put, you know, um, you have you have a way of paying it back if you're put on a certain, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it hurts your credit. You know, there are, there are penalties, but, you know, they're workable, okay? Back then, it was very harsh. Yeah. Yeah, you could be put into a debtor's Slave. prison and, um, you know, yeah, you can be enslaved. Um, yeah, even your family could be put in prison too, or your family has to work off your debts. You know, it was more, and you know, prisons back then didn't have TVs, they didn't have workout rooms, they didn't have libraries where you can, you know, earn your law degree, you know, get yourself out of prison. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have that kind of thing back then. It was very harsh, you know, and uh, it was, um, it was, you know, it was just very rough to be to be in a prison back then. So. So I think it was really interesting that Matthew would use that word because, you know, there's a, a debt that we owe to the Lord and there's a penalty for that if, we, if it's not paid back. And so, you know, we ask the Lord, you know, forgive us our debts um, as, we forgi- um, as we forgive others, as we forgive the debts um, of those who, you know, those who owe us, those who have wronged us, those who have done, you know, damage to our relationships. Um, and uh, it's mandatory. God, is, God, Jesus, when Jesus said, when Jesus said that, and you follow, you read a, just a few verses later, you know, um, he says that, um, okay, in the, <clears throat> Says, for if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. But that raises a question for me also. But doesn't Jesus' death on the cross not cover that? Even if you don't forgive others? That's very... Um, that just made me stop and think this is more complicated than I thought (laughs) um, but uh, it's it's just really I want to use an example of a debt that I had to help explain that to myself and and to you about um, what it means to to have a debt forgiven Um, and this is only part of a test you know a much longer testimony but I think this part is just um, more relevant to to this um, to this passage in scripture because um, some time ago I was um, um, I was heavily in debt I was I was very heavy, heavily in debt and um, and I had and I was aggressive in trying to pay it back and um, I did pay my school loan you know in six years as opposed to ten. But there were, I had a lot of credit card debt because I was, you know, and part of that was paying off my school loan. So <laughs> I didn't really, I technically, technically did not pay off my school loan in six years <laughs> because that was still part of my credit card problem. And so I was, I was you know, and, um, it got to a point, though, where I said, Lord, 
It's 1998. It's been 50 years since Israel became a nation again. And I thought, is this a jubilee year? It is not the official jubilee year, but I wanted to look at it as a jubilee year. And I thought, I have X amount of dollars left to pay. And if I tighten my belt, will you help me? Will you just help me to get this paid off by the end of the year? Because I, I just felt like I was in bondage because of this debt. I wanted to get rid of it. I, I was so tired of it already. So, you know, if I, I, I just want to get this. I just want to tighten my belt. And will you just help me? Will you just help me um, do this? And then, and then he said to my spirit, um, well, will you forgive the debts that others owe you? I wasn't thinking about that, you know, because Jubilee year, you're supposed to let cancel all debts, okay? I was only looking at my debt. I wasn't looking at the debts that other people owed me. And what other people owed me at that time was the, the amount of, my, of one net pay for my, pay, you know, for my paycheck. And I thought, that's a big chunk of change. You know, and at that time, it was, it was big. I'm like, that's, that's okay, Lord. I'll do it. I'll do it. I went to the first two people who owed me the least amount. I said, don't worry about it. You don't owe me anything anymore. They're, of course, they're rejoicing. They're happy. Okay. And then the last two. I thought, those are the big ones. But I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, it would take them literally years to pay me back because they didn't have much to begin with. And I thought, Okay, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't feel good about this, but I'll do it out of just out of obedience, you know, because I want my debt canceled. So I went. Um, so they were in my church too. So I went to church. Bef this is uh, before I could even tell them. I was going. I was about to tell them. This person came up to me and said, "Eileen, um, you know, so and so wants to talk to you." That person pretty much gave me a check covering <coughs> double what they owed me. And um, it's like, um, okay. <laughs> so of course, I have no problem telling them <laughs> your debts are canceled. Because, wow. you know, it's like, um, you know, um, that, that just really, that just really, you know, that was just an awesome thing that happened, and that that helped me to understand more what it means, you know. And you know, it's by by the same token that you uh, forgive others' debts, I will forgive yours too. And I mean, that was that was just an example of there's an earthly example of what God is doing in the spiritual. It's like when we forgive others' sins, He does, He know He cancels ours as well. Um, even though, yeah, Jesus paid for our sins, his, his, um, his blood covers over our sins and wipes, you know, and, and cleans the slate, and, um, and we're clean before him. But um, it's not just about um, the debt, it's about restoring wholeness. It's restoring relationship between you and the Lord and between you and others, especially the believers. Well, no, not just especially, but especially other people. Because, you know, God is, 
God is, is, is not just concerned about our, the vertical relationship. He wants the horizontal relationship to be whole as well. And, you know, the, um, the passage is forgive us our debts as we forgive, you know, this, um, our debtors. Those who, who have harmed us. It, it's not just um, it's not just vertical, um, and then it's also for us to. Um, it's also a responsibility of the church to forgive those outside the world, because we're being persecuted. I mean, what we go through here in the United States is nothing compared to what's going on in a lot of other countries like Iran, Afghanistan. Um, you know, in China, where where the Christians are treated horribly, where they're where they are really persecuted, where blood is shed, where they're imprisoned, where they're beaten and tortured, and and, and all that, um, where they can't they can't get a job, they can't buy food, they, you know, and um, and the persecution that they they're subjected to from their own families, you know, we have to we, okay, what we go through here is nothing compared to that. So it should be even easier for us, you know, to be to forgive those who are, you know, those who um, who treat us badly just because we're Christian, you know, who who mock us, you know, that that's nothing, you know, in light of what we have waiting for us, you know, and um, and in and in our response, they might even get saved too because. We're, we have to be different. We're just, um, we're believers. We, we are the light of the world. We are the ones representing Christ on this earth. We are the only Bible they might be reading for a while. And um, they have to see that in us, is that they have to see the love of Christ coming out. And, um, and when they see that we forgive them and that we're blessing them, we're praying for them, um, their hearts could change. Could be believers also. Um, sharing about, you know, that it's forgive us our debt as we forgive the debt of others. Um, that just came to mind for me is the fact that a lot of times when we pray, we think about our individual sin, but there's actually biblically an understanding of our sin collectively, like. There's my individual sin, but then there's the sin, you know, as a church, no church is perfect. So there's the sin of the church and transgressions of the church, whether it's overlooking the poor or whether it's having um, favoritism, you know, there's different, whether there's gossip in the church and God looks down and not only at our individual sins, but our collective sins, there's our sins as a society, you know, the, the way that we handle, how do we treat with justice, the poor or the oppressed or the outcast? Um, do we care after orphans and widows, you know, and God looks down and he, so when we pray for forgiveness of sin, it's not only what I might be individually doing, but what we're doing collectively as the body of Christ and also in our nation, that God holds us accountable for those um, systemic sins as well, not just our individual transgressions. So I was just thinking about that as you were talking about the fact that it's not forgive me of my sin, but forgive us of our sin. Yeah, I, th I think the, the other thing, and you asked the question, I'll say, of uh, if Christ's sacrifice wasn't enough, like we have to forgive, that's how we, uh, we would be forgiven. 
But I feel like when we truly accept the forgiveness, like we understand, then we'll be able to forgive, truly, truly forgive with our heart. Um, the, in the Matthew eighteen thirty five, it says. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers from your heart. And this is the story of the wicked servant. Uh, but I think that's what it is. If somebody does not know how to forgive, they haven't understood the forgiveness of God. So it's it's one of those, like, you know by the fruit. If... if this the, their salvation right there they're filled with the fruit of the spirit so so it's kind of thing it's the same thing as that by the forgiveness of somebody's heart they will know the, how much they've been forgiven you know like be patient with those because god's been patient with you be shown mercy because god has been shown merciful so when we truly understand that and hold on to that i think that that's when we understand everything else just kind of comes together uh, in in that way i think that's why jesus chose those two things to be together like I understand what I have been forgiven and I'm gonna copy that and forgive others the same way without holding anything back it's not it's not a, I forgive them but I still want to you know hold on to this or that and I love it. it says it says to forgive your brother from your heart it's not just you know in theory I kind of gonna forget I love <clears throat> I love the testimony that you shared you know, that you were like, well, I got my money that I needed. Forget it. I don't need to forgive the other two. You know, <laughs> you were like, all right. It, it was even easier because you understood that how much God was providing for you at that moment. You're like, wow, it is so much easier to forgive, forgive that debt now, knowing what, <laughs> how much God has blessed you with. Right. So it's that focus on God's forgiveness. If we sit there and think about all the debt that we owe God because of our sins in our lives, because of how we've treated God and how we've treated those around us, and then we're like, wow, we're forgiven for that. You know, we look back in our lives and all the mistakes that we have done, and they're like, wow, he forgave us. That, that's big. So then when we look to those around us and we're like, it's, it's not as hard. It's, it's that... What's, what your spirit is going through, what the spirit is telling you. I think that's, that's the very powerful. Oh, I forgot to mention, yeah. I, was, I was, I became debt free mid-July, so that was awesome. <laughs> like five and a half months ahead of schedule. <laughs> Praise God, that's amazing. Yeah, so. Um, but that's biblical, right? The story that you read from, from Matthew 18, there's the unmerciful servant, the servant who comes to the Lord with all this debt. Mm -hmm. And you were like that, where your debt was so much huger than what other people owed you. Mm -hmm. and he, but then the unmerciful servant goes and demands payment, mm -hmm. which was just trivial compared to the debt he had just been forgiven. Mm -hmm. and, and then the, the master finds out that the servant did that and says, well, if that's how you're going to treat your fellow servant, then I'm going to throw you in prison. You know, And that's... It's not that... It's not that what Jesus did on the cross is insufficient, but it's just like you were saying about sin, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, but our sin can distance our relationship. It's not because God has moved, but because we have moved. And, I, and his forgiveness is the same way. We get confused because we think 
you know, that love and forgiveness, while they're connected, they're not the same. Like, God's love is unconditional. Nothing can separate us from his love. But his forgiveness is conditional. His grace is conditional. There's, he's slow to anger, and he's abounding in love, but there's a, his grace and his mercy is conditional on us accepting the lordship of Christ. It's, you know, in 1 John chapter 1, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But that condition is we have to confess, right? The other condition is we have to forgive others. With the measure we use is what will be used to us. So all of our sin can be forgiven, but he's only, he's only going to give us the measure that we, if, we're, if we hold and harbor bitterness towards our brothers and sisters in Christ or towards others, we can't expect that God is going to be gracious towards us if we're not gracious towards others. This is really good stuff. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.